right, today we're in Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 14. This is Genesis class number 10. Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 14. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam, he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake, and in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Now there's some great things to point out here, and we're not going to labor any of these details we're going to try to move through these uh, next couple of um, verses and perhaps the next couple of chapters with a little more ease than we have in the last 10 classes and with a little bit more uh, a little bit less of an in-depth look and we will just get familiar with some of these passages uh, as we uh, haven't before a lot of people really get caught up with some controversial things in Genesis 1, 2, 3, 4, and certainly they're worth a look at and they're worth teaching in their correct uh, context and format. But certainly we want to just really get some basic and simple truths. And some of these basic and simple truths may be far-fetched, but they still are basic and simple. Just because it's maybe out of the norm to hear some of these things doesn't mean that it's not so. So let's uh, see what the Scripture has to say to us. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field upon thy belly shalt thou go. Now, this is a literal verse of Scripture. Uh, whether we want to see the devil in the serpent or not, this is a, a real and a true serpent. And I was reading some article uh, in the recent past, and I can't remember exact day it was or exactly where I was reading it, but somebody was ridiculing the fact that God cursed this serpent to crawl on its belly when it already crawled on its belly. Well, a lot of these things you don't know, and a lot of these things you don't may not understand. The best thing to do is just read the Bible and believe what it says. And the obvious, the obvious insinuation here is that before this, the, the serpent didn't crawl on its belly. And so we could see that certainly there are many reptiles that don't crawl on their belly. And certainly to imagine that every creature that we see and know today uh, is the is the same thing that we see and or the same thing that Adam saw and knew is is a matter of speculation in and of itself as a matter of fact i don't believe that men and women were exactly the same in Adam's day as we would see them now and as we would recognize them now. I believe that the environment was very much different before Noah's flood than it is today. And I think it's very conceivable. I think it's very reasonable to expect that any number of beasts that are not here today 
were were present in Adam's day, and whether it's by extinction or whether it's by crossbreeding, uh, many things are different than they are today. I believe that men are different. Uh, strictly by means of the change of environment. I believe that environment has a, a lot to do with uh, and the conditions of the earth and its atmosphere have a lot to do with how, men, how tall men grow. Uh, certainly genetics has the major role in that. Certainly uh, genetics is the major factor in, in any creature in God's creation. But these things are certainly not to be scoffed at and laughed at just because you haven't seen it with your eyes or heard about it with your ears. The Lord God said unto the serpent. He could have easily said the Lord said to Satan. He could have easily said that, but he didn't. He's talking to a serpent who to this day crawls on his belly. And no matter what you see here about its relationship between Christ, the seed, of the woman being Christ and uh, against the devil's seed, whatever that may be, no matter what you see, is that the the uh, repti- uh, reptilian creatures and women do not get along. And v- as far as that's concerned, uh, women's children being men, <laughs> men or women, don't get along very well with snakes. You let a snake cross your path and you'll see how much enmity there is between the woman in between the seed and her seed, the seed of the serpent and the woman's seed, uh, the offspring of the woman. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. I've bruised many a snake's head, uh, even some that weren't necessarily deserving of death. There are some snakes you really do want to keep around. If you've got a black snake around your house uh, and you've been killing them off, don't complain when you get mice and rats and rodents of all kinds. You let that black snake stay around, he'll clean up your property of the rodent population. He certainly will. Let some of those things live, but I've bruised many of their heads. There's no question about that. And he says unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. Now, before we move on here, I'd like to say something else. I do believe this serpent is a serpent. And there's a lot of people that read into it uh, a lot more than that. And certainly there is room there because the devil certainly did have the tongue of this serpent. But I do believe when God brought all these animals, verse 20 in chapter 2, God gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a help meet for him. I, I'm not very sure about the, the nature of of the animal kingdom before but it certainly looked like they have a will this serpent no doubt is being punished for its interaction with the devil and certainly there is more than one account in the bible where where the devil or devils interact with animals and they interact with men as far as that matter is concerned Uh, there's cases in the bible where the lord looses the tongue of an animal and it speaks and that's not that's not uh, modern intelligence would have a field day with that and laugh at that but there is more to the animal kingdom than meets the eye animals are not men men are not animals There are two entirely different kingdoms and classifications of God's creation, but there they are. They're living together. They're living in close proximity one to the other. The animal kingdom has no uh, meat, no ability to to help mankind and to further his his, uh, 
his life, his goals, his ambitions. They can certainly be put to work. They can certainly be used for food. They can cert- There's a lot of roles that they can fill. But in this case, they weren't. Chickens weren't there for the eggs. Adam was making, was getting his sustenance from the trees. And here, in just a few verses, verse 17 and 18, he's going to uh, lower himself. As far as his diet is concerned, he's instead of eating off the fruit of the trees, he's going to go to eating off the ground. And in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. For it, out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art. And so there is a, there is a, a, a curse here that's being laid down that is cursing the, the animal kingdom for its... Uh, familiarization with the devil, with Satan himself, uh, to the woman for her uh, openness and acceptance to be moved by the devil, and for man for his uh, allowing of himself to be influenced by the woman who God gave to be a help to him, not to be a guide for him or not to be uh, a supplier of information to him, but this woman was put there to help him, to be, to be able, to be meet, to help him. And so in all of these situations, the, the animal kingdom has yielded to the devil. The female has yielded to the devil. The man has yielded to the woman. So in each case, this creation that was made for man, that was supplemented with the animal kingdom... This whole thing is now out of whack because of this influence of the devil and by the self-will of Adam and Eve. This, it, it has been totally and completely thrown into chaos. Now, a lot of people see the chaos between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, but that's not where the chaos is. The chaos is right here. God has put man in a place of, posi- of authority. He's given that man a help meet to help him accomplish the tasks that are set before him. And instead of taking his uh, leadership from God, he's now taking his leadership from his wife. His wife, instead of taking leadership from her husband, is taking leadership from the devil. The devil's not even in the chain of command. He's not... He's not been placed there in any authority. He doesn't have any rule. He doesn't have any reign. He is not to be their influence. The animal kingdom was put there, obviously, to see what use they would be to Adam. And at this point in time, there was no help for him. He can't can't use their eggs. He can't eat their back strap. He's not interested in any of that. This is of no use to me, says Adam. And so once, once these things have been established, and once all these things have now submitted themselves to the improper authorities, things are out of whack. And now God says, this is going to be a curse to you. And in the sweat of thy face, thou shalt eat bread till thou return to the ground. And so once chaos ensues and once your authority has been put out of its proper place, then all you've got to look forward to is, is death. And that's, that, that's very solemn. That's very depressing. I understand that. But the only way that you can fulfill an honest and a solemn purpose is to be in the will of God. That was true for Adam and it certainly is true for us today. Without the will of God and the directives of God, the statutes of God, the ways of God, the principles of God, 
without those things in the life of men, all we have is an existence here that's going to be a few days and full of trouble. And after that, we're going to end up in the ground. And of course, you understand that to, to wind up in the ground separated from God and his love and his mercy and his covenant is going to mean everlasting punishment. But to die in his will, to any degree, some people are in his will in that they've seen Christ as their Savior and they've trusted him. And they won't go very far. They'll be like the Corinthians. They won't be spiritual. They'll be carnal so that they're not able to be taught anything. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Some people will be vessels of honor and they'll go on to great glory in their lives. And God will strengthen them and lead them and guide them and they'll increase from faith to faith. That's just the long and the short of it. But that ma the man that's saved is at least going to go on to an everlasting reward after he's died. That everlasting reward will be a, a good one in that he's put his faith and trust in Christ. He's at least inside the purpose of God, according to Ephesians chapter 1, that he present us, Ephesians 1, Ephesians 5, Colossians 1 and 2, that he present us faultless and blameless. Before him in glory. So this is a wonderful thing to be in God's will. Even if you're just in it a little bit. If you're just saved. I recommend you go on to perfection. I recommend you go on to Christian maturity. But being saved is a wonderful thing. You have much more to look for than just returning to the ground from whence you came. And that was, that was, Adam's, that was Adam's stock. Once he, once he got himself into this place. He got out of the right source of direction the right source of purpose once he began to take his leadership from someone who was just put who was put there to help him fulfill the will of God then the the purpose of God was defeated in his life and down fell man and so down fell all men and so we're thankful of Christ who came to restore uh, that restore us to that position of being God's sons once again. And I'm certainly glad of that. You can read that in John chapter 1, the gospel of John. So let's move on here just a little bit. We've got a few more minutes here in this class. Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. The mother of all living. She was the mother of all living. How many, well, how many of them are, uh, you know, sons of the devil or... Uh, Eve was the mother of all living. And so you're going to get to a place, especially Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. And again, these are going to be controversial issues. People are going to tell you that Cain is not Adam's son. Contrary to the plain statement that Adam knew his wife Eve and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. That is all conjunctive. It is the same statement. It is not separate statements. It's not miraculous birth. And uh, please just take God's word as it reads and move on with it and believe it and trust it and use it to your benefit, not to your confusion. So when it says uh, Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. It's a man talking to his wife. He's calling her Eve because she is the she is the woman with whom Adam generated the beginning of 
every man that's ever lived on this planet. If you want to trace your genealogy, skip all the middle work and just go back to Adam and Cain and Abel. And that's where you come from. That's where you come from. You come from one of those lines of Adam's son. Of course, there's another son in there that's involved as well. But we'll get to that. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now let, let and now lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. Now, this is a very strange verse. Verse number 22. It's almost as if he... Closed down a thought in the midst of it, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. It seems like there was something that could be said after that, and he didn't say anything after that. But what he did say was enough to give us an idea that that tree of life is just as life giving as the tree of knowledge of the knowledge of good and evil was death dealing. You eat that tree, you're going to die. But on the other hand, if Adam in his fallen condition would have continued to eat off the tree of life, he would have lived forever in a dead state. In the day he ate of it, he died spiritually. And apart from that tree of life, he's going to die eventually. He's going to live a long time. If you read the, the genealogy that's given in the next couple of chapters, you find out Adam lived a long time. Adam was able to see a lot of his sons be born down through the ages but the lord said even so apart from the long life he's going to live if he would have ate off of that tree of life if he was allowed to stay in that garden he could certainly eat off of that tree because he'd have have access to it but what we've got to do god says is we've got to get him out of this garden and we've got to get him eaten out of the dirt and once he gets eaten out of the dirt he's going to die and that's exactly what's going on in this passage a lot of people talk about uh, vegetarians and men supposed to be eating vegetables and people supposed to be eating out of the ground that's exactly why you're dying i wasn't going to eat vegetables and be more healthy not on this planet no sir you say what you, well the doctor said i don't give a rip about what the doctor says the the bible says that a man eats out of the ground he's going to do it in grief he's going to do it in sorrow he's going to do it out of the sweat of his brow of course you're not going to be obedient to that Matter of fact, let me go back and say something about that. Verse number 19. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return into the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread. And what he's talking about is toiling in the ground. And that's how he's going to sustain his life. It's not going to be an eternal life. But he's going to eat through the sweat of their brow. If I was you working in an office, an air-conditioned office, eight hours a day or ten hours a day or five hours, ever how long you... I'd get out and do some sweating because that sweat of your brow is part of, part of your... It's part of your sentence. And you're not living according to the way God wanted you to live before the fall or after the fall. You're in bad trouble. God said we were to sweat. And that worries me a little because I don't sweat enough. And, and the less I sweat, it seems like the less healthy I become. And, of course, you know, we can go back to the, this idea of being a vegan 
and uh, opposed to that or alongside of that which is a different situation vegans and vegetarians are not the same thing but people have this idea if they get away from eating this that or the other thing that they'll be healthier when that's not the case at all the healthiest way to eat is to eat whatever you give thanks for you give thanks for it and god bless it and you'll sustain a body that's going to die one day whether you're eating steak or whether you're eating collard greens and I would say eat both of them and eat off the trees. And I would say in the original creation, the best thing to eat was off the trees, fruit, the fruit of the tree. And that's, the, that's what God created man to eat. Of course, you say, well, I'm going to do nothing but eat fruit off the trees. That's all I'm going to eat because that's the way God made Adam. You'll be diabetic. That stuff is so full of sugar, it'll kill you. strawberries and fruit and all kinds of different stuff like that that uh, that grow on the ground fruit that grows on the tree apples and oranges and stuff like that all of them have their health values and you can see the potential for those things to be very beneficial to your health but one thing they are now is they're full of sugar they'll kill you whatever you eat is going to kill you well if you eat fat it'll kill you if you eat meat it's going to kill you whatever you eat is going to kill you you don't matter of fact eat nothing that you'll die that way uh, hold your breath, you'll die. Breathe in the air, you'll die. Eat vegetables, you'll die. Eat meat, you'll die. You're going to die anyway. You say, well, how do I get healthy then? Live for God. You say, what happens if I live for God? You're going to die. You're going to die. You get diabetes or some other disease, and you're going to die. We're all going to die. And that's, that's the situation. People are looking for a way to live, but they won't trust Jesus. Trust God if you want to live. You'll live forever. This body's going to die, though. Maybe the rapture will take place and you'll get to go to heaven that way. But barring that, you're going to die no matter what you eat. So people start begin to eat one diet over another and look down at somebody else because they're not eating that. They don't have to eat what you say. They don't have to eat what Moses said. All they have to do in the New Testament is have faith in Jesus. And that's all they have to do. If they decide they're going to eat something, they should eat it and give God thanks. If they decide they're not going to eat something, they should not eat it and give God thanks. So that's exactly the way things should work. If you try to go back into the book of Genesis and find a way to be more healthy, the only thing you're going to find is you should, be, you should have been obedient to God. And if you're to be obedient to God, you'd be healthy and live forever. And that's just the, that's the facts of the matter still today. You're not going to find a secret recipe for health and vigor on a tree. You're not going to find it in a, a, a rabbit patch, otherwise known as a vegetable garden. You're not going to find it on a cow or a moose or a bear or a chicken, as good as they may be, or a pig or a catfish, as wonderful as they may be. You're not going to find the secret to health in one of those things. It's all cursed. You're cursed. The ground is cursed. The air is cursed. We're all cursed. We need Jesus, and we need to trust him, and have faith in him, and give thanks for the things that we have. And in those cases, God will be well pleased with us. And I can only imagine what God would do for a man in whom that he is well pleased. There's a lot of good ideas about that in the Bible as well. But at any rate, let's move on from here. Unto Adam also, and to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them. I do believe I want to start right there in the next passage of Scripture. A lot of things that may not be important to a lot of people in what we just covered. Some possibilities. That animal kingdom is a wild kingdom to 
to think about in light of what the scripture actually says about them and implies about them. Uh, speech and different things like that is, uh, is some crazy things to consider. I wouldn't consider that stuff at the expense of the knowledge of the gospel and learning New Testament truths and principles that we should really be ministering to one another. But the, this is the Bible too and well worthy of our attention and some great things to consider. Some of these things may not be important to anybody. This may be the most boring of any of the classes yet or perhaps the most boring class of all. I don't know. But Genesis class 10, just some simple things and basic things. And we will pick up again in verse 21, chapter 3 and verse 21 in class number 11.